All right, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Uh, my name is Jack Williamson. I am a minister with the Canoe Valley Church of Christ in Thousand Oaks, California, just 20 minutes through the canyon. So I, I live right around here. And uh, this class is going to be taking a look at prayer stations and how to uh, approach prayer and connection with God and each other in a different way. So how many of you have been a, a part or done prayer stations kind of thing in the past? Okay, so I'm largely preaching to the choir. But um, after 30 years of youth ministry, I'm at the same congregation in a different role uh, and doing a lot of outreach and community connection. And, and I've started to bring some of these uh, youth ministry ideas into the whole church. And um, the great thing about that is when you come up with this idea you've done forever with youth ministry and then you do it with adults, uh, most of the adults go, whoa, that is so amazing. I've never, that, you, are, uh, you are a genius. And I'm like, no, I'm a youth minister. <laughs> We've done this for 20 years. But uh, So what I want to do is let you um, uh, experience three of the stations that, that I've used in the last year at different times. And so I'm going to just play a little music, give you about 10 minutes. We're going to go ahead and close the door. I'll explain them very quickly. I've also got samples to look at uh, of what we've done. So for about 15 years now, we have tried to, to make the most we can out of uh, Christmas and Easter. And so we have, we have taken those and we do an Advent time. And this last, uh, uh, last Christmas, we made sure that we really work up to that. And, and um, we spend a lot of time talking about what God is doing in the world and how a lot of the world kind of takes this time to look at the birth of Jesus. So let's take that time as well and take advantage of that. So on Sunday mornings, we did a, um, a whole series of classes on these characters around the birth of Jesus and then on the uh, to introduce that we did one morning in our adult um, auditorium class where everyone's coming in and you know it's normally book chapter and verse and all that we did entire prayer stations based on these characters around the birth of Jesus so this station over here um, I've got the station set out for the station of Simeon and Anna but then if you want to see the samples of the other stations, they're there. But I'm going to give you moments to go through. Just read these and, and follow through on them, and we'll talk about it afterwards. Then when we come to uh, this year, when we, we talk a lot about um, Lent, we don't use the word Lent very often, but we talk about a 40-day adventure leading up to Easter. And uh, we take time to, to ask people to um, break away from their normal routine and maybe dive deeper into prayer or into some other connection or or those kinds of things. And so on Good Friday, we always have an event. And um, for years, we've done the same thing. Then two years ago, we broke it up and put some prayer stations in the middle of that Good Friday time. So one of those stations is over here with this little uh, cross sculpture that I made that sat on a table. And, and we had these stations around the room. And we started telling the story of the, the crucifixion and then broke into these stations and let people experience that. So the three on the wall are samples of those. And the one on the table is one that you can go through and, and take your time to do now. I'll give you about 10 minutes to do these. So you can do one station or two stations or all three, whatever you want to do. The one in the, the back corner um, actually was developed for a junior high event. Um, I, I do a, a junior high um, or started a junior high retreat called Impact that uh, is high school students leading all weekend long um, with junior high students kind of going through. And so uh, clearly that was on relationships and friendships. So I've, I've pulled this and given you one of those stations. And so I'm just trying to show you the different ways that, that you can impact and, and go in different directions with prayer stations. So that one over here is about friendship and the, the examples are on the, the wall there. But um, these come at, at the 
staging idea from three different directions, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And then, um, since so many of you have done prayer stations, we'd kind of get to the end of this time and have kind of a workshop about let's just brainstorm. You know, how can we engage people more uh, effectively and creatively and kind of get them in? And I find that uh, a lot of times adults who do this for the first time think, man, why haven't I done this all my life? I, I go to different places. That's why we've been doing this for youth, in youth ministry for, for so long, because we need to engage each other and uh, with God while we do this. So I'm going to go ahead and just um, turn on some music. Um, Josh, can you shut that door over there? And um, I'll give you about 10 minutes. So just take your time. If you spend the whole time on one station, that's perfectly fine. If you fly around and see all of them, that's perfectly fine. I just want you to take a moment to kind of get your head wrapped around about what I mean when we say prayer stations. So let me say a quick prayer, and then I'll, I'll give you about 10 minutes to do those. Lord God, we thank you for so many ways that you are constantly ready to reach us and meet us. Father, this morning, uh, in a classroom setting, in a place where we're, we're used to sitting and listening and being talked at and taking notes, Father, help us to be able to make this a holy space for the next few minutes as we, we try to personally step into some, some spaces and take some time to connect with you. And Father, I pray that you would allow this to be a time that, that blesses us, Father, as, as we in turn, through prayer, try to bless you. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take about 10 minutes.
more minutes. Okay, so typically, um, I've used prayer stations for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes it's the main teaching tool that leads us into something else. Uh, at a retreat or a weekend, it's typically uh, late in the retreat, maybe Saturday night over a weekend time, and it's, it kind of reinforces things that we've taught or things that we're doing. So we'll take those themes that we've taught throughout the weekend and build prayer stations around each theme. Um, Particularly with, with, uh, well, with adults and with, with kids, I really want to focus on what's happening between people. So in, in my estimation, prayer stations are, are meant for connection and relationship. Uh, I got a couple mantras I try to live by in my ministry. One is that ministry is relationship. If we're not building relationship and if we're not getting people closer to God and closer to each other, then we may have a lot of activity, but I don't think we have ministry. And so ministry is relationship. And when I go to prayer stations, I want to be building that connection and deepening that relationship. And um, that is uh, a connection with God. And so we're trying to get people to spend time reflecting and thinking in ways that they might not have or give them some tools, particularly um, the, the one, the station with the nails um, to uh, have this touch this feel of picking up this nail and thinking about what that might have been and that's and as you can imagine much more effective on a dark Friday night when we're thinking about the crucifixion than it is here on a Friday morning when we're trying to walk around with strangers in a, a weird room <laughs> but but some of those tactical some of those things that you can touch and feel are really important and allow you to really connect with God um, I've done quite often I'm, I'm a fan of simple things if I if it's not simple, I tend to not remember it, so over my years of ministry, I've tried to break things down to simple things, so I, I am a big fan of the acronym ACTS for prayer. You've probably heard of that. I don't know who came up with it, but it works for me. Adoration, for confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, and I've taken those words and, and taught them to even my junior high kids. Big words. Here you go, SAT words. Are you ready? And we talk through adoration, thanksgiving, uh, confession, and supplication, and then we'll do Prayer stations focused on those four things. Adoration, let's do, just do praise, which is not an easy thing to do because we, I want you to say, I praise you, God, because, not 
thank you for. I'm just talking about who you are. Let's take time doing that. I, I praise you, God, for being creator, for being sustainer, for being a lover of my life, for being all those things. Then we go into a, a, a prayer station that might reach into confession, and it could be that you need to go do something and connect with someone else. I mean, the one over here, if you looked at the friendship one, that's, that's, you know, that's perfect for junior high. Take a piece of candy, sit down, enjoy that while you read this. Now write a, a note of blessing to someone else and take them a piece of candy and give it to them. Uh, it, it just builds those relationships as they're thinking about others outside themselves. Um, and uh, that can lead to a confession time too if we're talking about what's going on. With the Thanksgiving, that's, that's clear again. What are you thankful for? We build lots of prayer stations throughout that. And uh, then supplication. That's a point where we pray for each other and ask God for different things. And so we're teaching these students through these, these active means about how to pray. So sometimes I've taken that as the main teaching. Um, and so, but all of that is helping them to build this closer relationship with God because they're learning that prayer is not just sit down, fold my hands, be quiet, and, and do something before I eat. Uh, that it we need to go a little deeper. And I found that our adults need to do the same thing. Not that we don't know how to pray, but we so often don't take the time communally to really focus deep times of prayer with God. And so these prayer stations are kind of a an easy, almost um, uh, non-threatening way to, to go deep and intimate. One of my, my favorite prayer station from the, uh, um, the Good Friday time is uh, Peter's denial. And uh, we, we take and set up a fire pit outside on the front of the church, on the, you know, the porch outside of the church building. And I've been blown away um, by, this is an old youth ministry trick, <laughs> about how adults will take the time to read that and, and write a, a prayer confession. This is what I've done. And, and I realize I'm broken. And, and it's just really cathartic for them to take that and then throw it in the fire and talk about Peter standing around denying Jesus around this fire. We've done the same thing. Um, and it just draws them closer to the cross, closer to Christ, and puts us in the place we need to be for, uh, for thinking about that sacrifice. And so these things can, can draw us close to God in, in very, you know, kind of back door from the side kinds of ways instead of just being right in your face. The other is building relationship with others. Um, and so we build these connections, and, and you know, it's, it's very much ministry is, is both vertical and horizontal. You've heard that over and over and over, but prayer stations give us a way to do this, to relate to and touch each other and, and, and move in ways that, you know, it makes it cool for a junior high kid, uh, you know, some tough guy to kind of go, hey, man, you've been cool to me here. I had to do this prayer station. I have a piece of candy and a note that I thought about you. Um, they can do that, and I found adults can do that too. I love to do this kind of thing with parents and kids, parents and teens, and see the mom or the dad write the note and give it to their to their teen and that intergenerational connection those times of walking through this together um, we can talk about more of that later on but I think that's those things are, are invaluable and these creative means open the door in ways that sometimes other things won't so I'm going to go right through all this then we'll have a discussion and, and several of you can jump in because you've talked about or done these things as well so effective prayer stations um, are clear and simple doesn't have to be complicated uh, these I've developed over the years, and, and I, I'm blessed with a, a, a secretary who loves, she's an administrative assistant, I shouldn't have said secretary, she's a partner in ministry who loves to make these posters. And so I'll, I'll come together and maybe do a PowerPoint slide and say, Renee, will you take this? And she'll like 
mount it and build it up and put it on my and and they come out looking really great and i'm like yeah i didn't have anything to do with that <laughs> that's renee that's wonderful you know and so it frees me up to think about doing things like you know grabbing a some old wooden building this cross to stick on the table um or throwing things out like that and uh so it does but it doesn't have to be like this it can be simple quite often at camp we've just thrown things out or or at a family retreat um we put out the instructions and have people just go through it um, I set the atmosphere in the room and set us up in advance to know what's going on so when people know prayer stations are coming, it's clear and simple. They know what to do. So I almost always have the PowerPoint slides of each station and I'll walk through each station before we go because I don't want to say, hey, we're doing prayer stations, ready, go, and everyone say, now what? I don't think you destroy the magic or the power of these stations by lining them out in advance. So I'll tell everyone, we've got six stations. Here's what this one is, here's this one, this one, this one. And in their mind, they go, I want to do that one. And they're waiting and they're ready to go. And uh, then I also always give them clear instructions like I did this morning. We're going to have 30 minutes or 45 minutes for this. If you end up sitting at one station for all 45 <coughs> minutes, perfect, no problem. If you fly through and finish all six stations in 10 minutes, you probably need to go back to one and spend some time with it. Um, Anything in between that is fine. This is totally your time. There are no rules about what you have to do. This is time for you and God and connecting with each other. I think those kinds of instructions open the door for people to be free to do whatever they want. And our, our rule followers and our list checkers realize they don't have to get to every single station. It's okay. I can loosen up. And those who just want to get to the art station or whatever, we'll talk about those in a minute, can spend all their time there and feel okay. Nobody's watching me and going, why didn't you move? You know, it just gives that freedom to engage with God and with others as they need to. But making it clear and simple allows them to do that. They need to be multi-sensory. And I think that's the power of these stations, that we try to involve all of the senses. And so that's why, you know, pick up the nail and push it into your hand or or eat a piece of candy while you're thinking good thoughts about your friend and then you write a note and give them a piece of candy. Or um, uh, a lot of times, um, if I got a smaller group, I might have a specific song or two and I've got you know a, an iPhone or something sitting there with a couple different ones with earbuds. I listen to this song, read the lyrics and, and allow that to take you to a place of prayer. Um, so we try to engage all of the senses and uh, it we'll talk more about um, behind the scenes and how I try to get to that in just a minute. But that's, that's the key. These need to be multi-sensory. So the, need, the room needs to be set in some way. Now on Sunday morning at our church, when we're doing these at the adult Bible class, um, our auditorium is surrounded by floor-to-ceiling windows. There's no way you're ever going to make that place dark. <laughs> and so um, we have problem with projection because the, the building's so bright. But um, that doesn't keep us from doing some really important intimate prayer stations on Sunday mornings. I mean, we did a, a series a couple of years ago where uh, one of our members, I, I asked them to do this station for me, told them what I wanted, and they just ran with it, went down to um, a, a place where they got stones. It, uh, we have this great place where you buy all the mason stone and all that stuff. They built the wailing wall about this big on a, a table, and we had people write prayers for those who are hurting and shoved them in the wall sitting there on Sunday morning and people went incredibly deep and I was standing here going oh my goodness <laughs> you know you're in a brightly lit room with everybody you know and people are crying as they're writing notes about people they know who are hurting and, and putting those and just that 
that act of shoving that piece of paper between these flat stones that have been built into a wall, you know, most of it had never been. I've never been to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, but I felt like I was there that day. Not that there's something magical about that place, but God comes, and I think these spaces become very spiritual and powerful. Uh, and so that was in a bright, brightly lit Sunday morning auditorium during a, a class time. And so, you know, I think if we go multi-sensor, uh, it's really important and makes a big difference. Because people, we can talk about educational styles and learning styles and all that stuff, it's all right here. You know, if you're familiar with any of that, multi-sensory is huge. It also needs to be emotive. It needs to make them think and feel. That's what these prayer stations are about. You know, um, that we need to take time and create space to, to think about our faith, to think about our relationships with other people, and begin to feel what's going on. And so, uh, writing a prayer of praise and sticking it on the wall. And, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that when, for instance, when we do this Simeon and Anna station, I don't want to go there until three or four people have been because I want to go and read what they wrote because that also informs me as I sit down and start to write. And, and so they end up teaching each other and going through this together. And it becomes this huge, beautiful prayer or poem on the wall that the church has developed. And uh, uh, a lot of times we'll use art stations and clay is probably my favorite medium for prayer stations. Now, there are a couple things that get in the way in clay. Um, almost every time, um, and the other, you guys in the room can vouch for this fact, almost every time we've done clay at a, a, a high school camp or a junior high camp or whatever, no matter what the prompt is, if you usually tell them, read this, it brings them to a place, now sculpt something that you thought about or that you connect with or whatever, and it gives them time to sit there and use the modeling clay and do that. We will always, always, always get a cross by someone, and if there's anyone 16 or younger, you're going to get a pile of dog poop somewhere on the table. <laughs> it's, it's just the way, or because or, you know, they, they're just thinking, and they roll a snake, and they're like, oh, it looks like a snake, so they roll it up and sit it down. Well, now it's a pile of poop, so thanks for doing that. But... You will also find other people who may have never played with clay since they were three years old. I mean, I, I remember when we did the, uh, the prayer stations for Advent this last time, there was a, a 50-year-old man who took a piece of clay and just sat there and molded it in his hands and was thinking about it. And this one was specifically thinking about the angels and their singing, and you could you know, do whatever you want from that. And... Um, when he was done, he took this piece of white clay and, and shape, put it in the shape of a candle, took some yellow clay and put a flame on the top and set it down. And he, walked, he talked to me later and said, I was just thinking about you know, all the passages that talk about clay and how we're supposed to be the light of the world and what does God make of me and what have I become? And so I made this candle and put it on the table. And I went, that's, that's some pretty deep connection and worship. Uh, for a guy who hadn't played with Plato since he was six years old. And so I look at these and say, you know, this tactical, this kind of stuff is really powerful and important just to give us permission to kind of say, yeah, play with clay for a while. Um, or uh, take some time. We've got markers and colored pencils and all that stuff. Um, just draw or color or make some picture that you can put out there. And um, it's, it's amazing what comes out of people and what they do. Uh, this last... Uh, period leading up to Easter, um, in, instead of, this wasn't necessarily a prayer station, but it was releasing the church. We, we try to put out devotionals those 40 days so that we've got things for people to, you know, um, think through and, and those 
six weeks before Easter is, is marked out as kind of a different time and we're asking you to think and work your way through this process to the cross. This year, we just simply said, and again, this was Renee out of the office, who said, why don't we ask people just to give us a piece of art? I was doing this whole prayer or um, sermon series on the Gospel of John and, and going through the different signs from the Gospel of John. And she said, you're not going to have time to do the, the I am statements, right? And I said, no. She said, okay, why don't we have people um, send into the office on Sunday. Uh, they'll sign up to do some piece of art based on an I am statement. And we'll put one piece out via email and let people reflect on that all week long. And I said, it's a great idea. Well, the first week we had to go, you know, pull someone. I need you to do this. And, but then once that went out, by the end, I think we had six or seven people sending things in for that last one. And people just amazing. Some people just literally took a picture of a sunset and wrote underneath it when they sent us the photo, this made me think of the love of God as I was here and in the light of the world, that's who Jesus is. Um, all the way to a guy who is a phenomenal artist. I mean, his, he, he sent us a copy of a painting that would probably sell for, I don't know, thousands of, of his, his idea of the resurrection. And, so, and then everything in between there. We had um, young people who just did a pencil drawing and sent it in to us. But we just, you know, they email it, we send, the, send it out, and the church was just loving those things. And then when we came to our Good Friday time, we filled the walls with all the I am statements and had them up for a couple weeks. So, and that's the church kind of stepping up and giving things that I could never give. Uh, but it's like the prayer stations expanded to a larger point where we're going to take your creativity and use it to bless others, and I think God is honored in the process. So there are a lot of those things going on, but it, it, we want to make people think and feel as we're doing these things. Give them permission to make that space and let that happen. Okay, so this is the last thing I want to share with you. Then we're going to have some conversations. When I go to thinking about prayer stations, I've fallen back to the love languages quite often. And uh, you're probably familiar with this. It's Gary Chapman. The book is, is down at the bottom there, but I know everybody's probably heard of love languages. And I think the only way I typically used them 10 or 15 years ago was in my marriage. I'm trying to keep this straight. Trying to remember Tammy's prayer language, trying to, trying to, or love language, make sure I do that. But then I realized that as I'm doing prayer stations, when I'm trying to figure out how am I going to connect with all these various people, I started realizing love languages are coming through these. So when I think about what are we going to do, uh, if you look around all these, you'll see the, the love languages coming out. And I think that builds the connection and the relationship without being overt about it. That you come in and, and you say, okay, I've thought about this. We're going to we're gonna have you give words of affirmation to someone else. I'm not going to tell you necessarily that we're trying to meet that love language, but that's going to happen in these stations. And it keeps us well-rounded. There's physical touch in there, um, whether it's picking something up or whether it's walking over to somebody. And this station over here, let's just take a piece of candy, write a note, and give it to somebody. That covers a lot of things. For someone whose love language is gifts, you're like, you did that for me? Acts of service, wow, you wrote that for me and you tracked me down? Um, touch, you don't necessarily have to hug me, but the fact that you thought of me and came and gave me a piece of candy and a note, we're hitting all of those things together. And then the entire prayer time together becomes quality time with God and with each other. So I think if we, if we think through these, it helps me figure out how do I keep these balanced so I'm not just focusing on one thing throughout and how do I look at the prayer languages as a guide for how to brief, uh, build these stations as we go. And so, um, uh, I don't know, I've thrown a lot of stuff at you, and so what I want to do now is, is open the time just to talk and uh, have a discussion and questions uh, and see some of you who've done these in the past can jump in and, 
and help out with this and, and talk about how important and how it works. Yeah, Ulti. Yeah, we have done one like this, but we would call uh, prayer and walking station. Like, you would take someone that you don't know, and uh, I mean, the first is, is the prayer station. You go there, pick up uh, a name that is already, we have done this in the camp, that all the names of the campers are there. Mm -hmm. You pick one, that name and you find that person. And you will walk with that person um, all the way to the beach from the camp. It was close to two miles okay. maximum. And uh, in this way, uh, you will spend time uh, with him or with her talking and praying with them. I mean, as you go, as you walk, you will pray for them. I mean, okay. the one, and in this way, each of them will be participant on that. And in the end, uh, you will do something for that person to bless he or, or to bless her or him. That would be a candy or would be an ice cream on that time because mm -hmm. it was very hot. Yeah. Or uh, a coffee or things like that. Mm -hmm. And appreciate in the end would be like blessing. Appreciate what they are doing or what they shared with you. And as I saw all this, it reminded me to that that these practical, small and practical things are very helpful. Yeah. And can make a lot of change. And we have seen that. Excellent. That's great. You can tell Ulti's from Dallas. <laughs> no, he's actually from Albania. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've tried to figure out how to do, and, and our, our prayer station, the first Wednesday of every month, we have, I stole this idea from Otter Creek. We have a Vespers prayer service and it's prayer stations. One of the things I've been trying to figure out how to do, and maybe somebody has a brilliant idea that I haven't hit upon, um, is sequential stations. Because if you search around online, you'll find different okay. prayer services and, right. their, and their things. You go through these things in order or using a labyrinth. Mm -hmm. Well, that's difficult if you got more than about two people right. because everybody's bunched up together going right. from one to one. And I'm just trying to figure out what might be some ways that with a limited amount of time mm -hmm. and not you know huge amounts of space. I mean, we use our auditorium, but even with that... Mm -hmm. How can we do things that take you from one idea to the next in sequence um, and not logistically just have people on top of each other? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple ideas. Let's open it up. Yeah. I have, I mean, you have done a, a studying of a six month uh, in, I think, in doctor degree or something like that. Something and like that, yeah. Yeah, and step by step. And we use that in camp and we did mm. it in six days. Six days. And we walked through that. I mean, it's a process that uh, each day we would do certain, I mean, with limit time, of course. We will do certain things. And next day we will take when we left. And we, and in the end, you will see, uh, I mean, a good end of the change that, that can make. I mean, that is what you've Right, if, done, you've, if you've got the six days to work through that, yeah. But if yes. we're looking at one night with five stations that need to yeah, be done in order. Yeah. You can brought it up in six in I mean in hours or in mm -hmm. minutes. You mm -hmm. can squeeze a little bit. Right. But you're right. The study that you have done that would work out. <laughs> Thank you. Someone else with an idea about how to help with this? Yeah. So one thing I thought about. So we have the characters over here. Mm -hmm. So if you had different characters and in their interaction with Jesus or or whatever those interactions are, it doesn't necessarily have to be sequential. Right. So then you can put people in the different ones to start, and they can all go through all of them. Um, we've done it in terms of praying for different ministries within our church, so mm -hmm. it didn't matter which one you began with. 
You could begin with children, you could begin with adults, whatever the ministry area was, and then move. Everyone goes in the same order from where they started yeah, all the way you around. Just, and you just tell everybody, we've got, you know, you've got 10 minutes at this one and move to the next one and to the next one. And we actually would hit the bell so that people would move Time to through. Move. Yeah, we, we've done um, things like that too. Okay. Yeah. And, but I'm talking about material that really, you know, you get to one yeah, back here and refers back. Right. So the sequence right. is important yeah. to it. it. It's not a lot of so them. What we've done with that mostly, Tim, is we've done staggered start. For instance, every year we do a, a, a family Good Friday experience. And the families with, you know, with younger children, they sign up for a time slot. And they all start about 10 minutes apart. And we give it about an hour and a half for mm-hmm. families to come in. And um, our, our children's minister, Penny White, has told the story of the, you know, the last week of Christ all the way through the... And, for the kids on Good Friday, we go through all the way to resurrection. <laughs> we don't leave the kids hanging on the crucifixion Friday night. But um, uh, she has this sequential, and it takes over our entire building. And so she'll do that from 5, well, actually 5 to 7.30 to get all those families through. But each family comes in, and they're, they're working through. And she's, this year she pulled off John, uh, you know, from the Gospel of John because that's what we're doing. So she started with the foot washing in, in chapter 13. And the families go through each of these stations doing something different sequentially, but she staggered their start so that there were never more than two or three families at any one time. And they would sign up for a time slot. You're going to start at 6.30 and someone else starts at 5. And, and then they're able to work through that. But you have to give a big enough span and have them sign up in advance, but that solves <coughs> that problem. Um, I've tried to do... Um, for... Uh, I mean, a long time ago, I tried to... When I was doing a lot of intergenerational things from the youth minister seat. Um, we did a lot of family uh, times, and I did one based on the, um, the seven days of creation and had seven different stations and seven different rooms that were just really blown out and, and you know taken to the, the maximum extreme for us. And our families absolutely loved it, but there was no way to get around some kind of backlog. Because when they're going through these stations and they get to uh, a place where you know, it's watercolor, and I've got this all set up, and I want you to do some little water, watercolor painting about um, the, uh, the, the day of creation of, of animals and man. Uh, there were people that just wanted to sit there mm-hmm. and finish and take a half hour. Yeah. And, and I kind of thought, well, we need to give them freedom to do that because I'm not going to tell you, no, you can't. You've got to move. And so you have to kind of build some of that in. But for me, part of the answer has been finding bigger spaces so that the more people there is not doesn't feel like a glut, it feels happy. so you might have to take over the whole church building and take some time to transform some hallways or classrooms and not just the auditorium. But uh, that's part of that. Yeah. I was wondering also if you could have multiple stations that are the same. You know, like you oh, would right. have a big oh. table that had like three of them, and those yeah. people would stay and they would start at this end and work their way through. If you just had more um, of them replicated, right? No, that's a good idea. Yeah, and again, you'd have to expand out through the building in order to do that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It 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 is a commitment, but I think it's well worth it. Somebody else. Yeah. I was just gonna say, I think you can stagger. Like you can have those experiences that may only be for a very small, a smaller group. Like we we usually do like a video station that'll have like some headphones while you okay. watch something. Okay. And it, but I can't. I I don't put too many of those like back to back. Right, because that creates backlog as they can't move to yeah. the next one. But, so I can create something that has 
like your station here that has like a card that people can just, any number of people can do that. They like to, right. all they have to do is walk up and pick up the card right. and they can do that. So if I can pair a station like that with something after it that maybe just a few people, mm -hmm. then I kind of give time along the way for people, for the backlog to clear, mm -hmm. right? There can be, there can be kind of like a river has channels where a lot of water can only, uh, uh, there's only a small bit of water that can go through, but then it comes to a pool, right? Mm -hmm. You know, right. and so we can kind of do that where we yeah. have like these places where lots of people can kind of come in and, and sit and be, but they come in, then they move into a, maybe a more intense, you know. Yeah. All of the ones you saw today were designed with that in mind. Pick up a card, go someplace else, and work through this so you don't have to stay in that location. Because when I do, uh, when we did the Advent or the, the Good Friday, it's all in our auditorium. And so I didn't want people to be stuck at this little station having to do it because I'd have 20 people trying to get to the table. So when you walk up and read, it says take a card and go somewhere else. They can go anywhere they want. That alleviates some of the, the glut because you don't have to sit here. You can go there. So that helps sometimes as well. I, I had somebody suggest that we just put all the stations on a couple sheets of paper and you go and do all of them wherever you want. And I, I, I'm resisting that because I think... I don't know what it is about mm -hmm. moving around to yeah. do these things, yeah. but it is important. Right. I, I think I think space and um, uh, a place for that station matters. It creates a, a, a separate space where that begins and you connect with that. And then you can do things like put this little cross piece there or, yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I've also, uh, if we can, Shift well, maybe no. Let's take anybody else with another question or thought. Then I'm going to shift this a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of these stations um, are pretty straightforward mm -hmm. um, in terms of like the bulk is scripture, and then it's like a theological question or perspective. And, um, this has more to do with like youth and stuff. But like mm -hmm. for middle schoolers who have trouble thinking abstractly, right? Um, there's a tension between keeping them simple mm -hmm. and then connecting them to some sort of piece of culture of the day. Right. Um, so for like, for better or worse, my middle schoolers are obsessed with Fortnite. So if I can, like, so yeah. do you ever find a space where in these prayer stations it is attached to some current, and again, this is more for like high schoolers and middle schoolers, right, because yeah. adults can dive into that. Right, right. For middle schoolers, it's a little challenging to be like, pick up a card and go write how you connect with Simeon and Anna, it's like, well, okay. Um, yeah. So I've always approached it from what is the cultural piece I'm going to connect it to right. without making it too complicated. So I don't know. Right. No, I think, uh, just thinking off the top of my head, um, if I were to do a, a time around Christmas, um, I would grab a bunch of the movies they know and we'd have an elf station that would move toward um, something that you know is in the movie Elf because they all connect and relate to that. And, and so um, he talks about singing. I forget the line. I'm terrible at this stuff. But um, what's that line about singing makes people happy? Or he's got some creative line from the movie Elf. The kids would know it. And, and you, could, you could go introduce Simeon and Anna through, you know, uh, Buddy the Elf loves to sing. It's his favorite thing. Well, let Simeon and Anna did that too. Look at what they sang. You know, um, uh, or you know, find a lot of different ways that that you pick up pop culture, pop culture and put it in there. Because um, I think the more we take time to look, the more we're going to see that there are biblical references in a lot of pop, pop culture, and we can find those keys and connections even if they didn't mean to put it there. 
Um, also, uh, for, for high school and college age kids, um, things that they grew up with are nostalgic and they love it, or maybe sometimes they haven't seen it. So I've used VeggieTales a lot. That you can go back and pull VeggieTales, and if they knew it, they're like, oh, I love that, it's awesome. And you just reference you know, Bob and Larry, and you can go into it, and they're like, ah, oh, they talk and laugh about that. But, but VeggieTales is well done, and they'll take you to some good places. Um, uh, and uh, you can jump into that. We also um, uh, did, along with the, uh, the prayer stations on the creation story, when we got to the fall, this room was all about temptation. And so we covered the walls of this classroom with magazine ads and pictures and all this kind of stuff, Lamborghinis and, you know, we didn't do any skimpy bikini girls or anything like that, but, but we had all this stuff with signs around and when people walked in, they were just bombarded by this room with pop culture stuff that was all in their face. And, and um, you know, because let, let's face it, none of us is like, ooh, an apple, I can't wait. You know, <laughs> but but we get this concept of, yeah, there's something that I want to put before God. And so um, I think it's good to kind of it takes a little more creativity, but that's what youth ministers are good at. Right. Look at look at this. And and another thing is to, to grab some of your kids and say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this prayer station thing. But I, I, some, how could this connect to, you know, that this or that and in advance have a couple of them. And it, it brings those leaders behind the curtain so to speak, and, and let them see, yeah, we're going to do these prayer stations if it's based on this and this, and how can we connect that? And they might be your greatest resource on that kind of stuff um, to kind of pull some of those leading students in. Yeah? We've used um, Minecraft to oh, yeah. go through and to like go to this particular particular point, and there will be like a chapel or whatever, and so we'll go to that point and, then, and we'll pray about this. Or we're going to go to, we're going to build this in cooperation, and so we're going to, we're going to pray about cooperation as we build the wall together. Oh, very cool. Uh, and, and so, and it, we, we built Solomon's Temple through the whole lesson, and was able to hit those key points of, you know, what is sacrifice, and then we can pray about yeah. sacrifice as they built that part of it. And that, that worked really good for, and that was, they came, the kids came up with that. And so good. We, just, we just took it and ran with it. Good, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So what would you suggest, I love this stuff, um, so my church has never done anything like this. I think they'd be open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you suggest is a good way to, like I feel like if I, if I threw up stations around the building, they'd be overwhelmed and wouldn't right. know what to do. <laughs> right. What would be a good way to introduce a reflective practice like this that involves like the motion? There's something about right. like the motion that is yeah. clearly yeah. informative. Yeah. Um, what would you suggest about, you know, here's a great way to get people started. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think simple and clear is so important. So you, um, when we did this at my church, when we started doing it, we've been doing it in youth ministry for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but when I started doing it with adults, I took some simple stations that made sense to them. Like they could hear me explain the four stations without doing a lot of stations. As I explained the four of them, oh, I, I see what you're doing. I get that. And there were skeptical adults who just wanted to sit. I let them sit. Um, But then when they began to see others moving, it it started to happen. And particularly if I could find a time on Sunday morning where I could have the high school group in with the adults. I told my high school group beforehand, I know you don't want to be here. This is your class time. You get to go away from the adults and you really like that. But this morning, you're just going to do prayer stations. And guess what? They're going to watch. And they need to see you 
and follow how to do this. And, and my kids would come in and go, okay, cool, order new prayer stations. And the adults would be going, these kids are doing these prayer stations. I, I should get, I'm supposed to be an example to them. And they get up. So that, that helped as well. But start with something simple and clear that they can see. And, and then just, just push it out and, and trust the process and say, hey, I know this might be kind of weird. I say that all the time. This, this is going to be different than what we normally do. And so I, you know, it may be awkward, but, but trust me, give it a shot. If you really hate it, talk to me later, and, and we may never do this one again, but go with me here. Let's see what happens. And Riley, and then we'll come up here. Another thing is, is ground the stations in a journey they're familiar with. Right. The first uh, prayer station journey I ever did was in a sixth grade. I did the 12 stations of the cross, which is a journey that mm-hmm. most Christians are intimately familiar with. Right? And if there's, a, if there's a familiarity with it, um, they know where they're coming from. They know where they're on their way to go. Yeah. Right? There's a natural flow. If you're doing something sequentially, it doesn't have to necessarily be new and novel and unique, though those are certainly cool. It's okay to rest in familiar, right? Because the cool thing about God is he has the ability to create something new and novel and unique in everybody's life by the same way that they are intimately familiar with. A right. yeah. um, couple of things that come to mind is um, to get yourself ready to do it on a Sunday morning, do it some other time first. Practice. Mm. Uh, we started out, like I said, on Wednesday evenings. We mm-hmm. still do that. and um, So that you have an idea of what you can do to, to, to guide it. One of the things I think about all the time is music selection. The songs you played wouldn't work for me mm-hmm. personally right. because they have lyrics and I sing right. along. No, I, um, so I, I have I, the same problem. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I found some good instrumental stuff um, mm-hmm. here and there. Um, and so work out some of those things in a time when it's when you've got fewer people maybe to manage. Um, so we did Wednesday night, which we, for years we haven't gotten anybody out on Wednesday night, but we get people out for Vesper service, which, which is great. The other thing to prep the congregation, get them used to moving around on a Sunday before you launch prayer stations. The mm-hmm. way we did that, by accident, is years ago we, start, we made it our tradition on Thanksgiving Sunday we would have a time in the service with butcher paper along the walls. Hmm. Get up and write something you're thankful for. The first time we did it, we thought, is anybody going to stand up? Everybody did. Our church is weird. (laughs) Um, And so they got used to getting up and doing that little thing. And then other things like, we're going to have communion go to the tables to receive communion. So they have it in their head that it's okay to get up and move around. And then, of course, if you do a meet and greet, it makes it even easier. Um, And then have a Sunday announce it ahead of time like, like you said we're going to do prayer stations and give, give instructions on the day and if you've given people the, the, the okay that you can move around mm-hmm. during worship and have the time in yourself on, on what you want to do and how you want to say things um, then you'll get a, a real pretty easy buy in mm-hmm. it depends on your congregation but that, that'll work Great. Good. I have a question yeah um, so what do you, you know, being conscious of, um, disabled members mm-hmm. or elderly, um, members that mobility is a little bit more difficult, mm-hmm. but they might be in a cane, have a cane or something, but they're real slow and you, you know, you don't want to discourage them right. or, or even just young people or adults with, with uh, dis- dis- disabilities or mental setbacks. 
do you guys have any experience with that? And yeah. How do you? Yeah, we've got one family in particular who have two daughters that uh, uh, their vision is really, really poor, mm-hmm. and uh, um, will eventually probably be legally blind. And so, when when they come, I just personally talk to them in advance with the mom and dad. Say, here's what we're doing. How can I help this work best for for Katie or for uh, you know? And I think that's that's where ministry is a relationship. That we don't want anyone to come in and feel. And that, that's your job as one putting this together. You don't have to solve all the problems, but you need to be mindful of them. Yeah. And and don't leave it laying there like, oh, I hope somebody figures this out. But go and talk to them directly about it. Uh, when we've had some of our um, older people that, that didn't want to get up and get around, I would my practice while we're doing prayer stations is to walk around and be praying for those that are that are doing these because I don't necessarily need to go through them. I've built them, prayed through them, and, and, and I feel like my job as the 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 minister at that point is to be covering those in prayer who are doing this. And so I'm keeping my eye out for someone who looks like they may be uncomfortable. And I may just walk over and sit with them. And at times, you know, um, I said, can I can I bring you something off of one of the stations and explain that to you? And they're like, oh, please. And so I do that. So it, okay. if you've got a massive group, get two or three people that you've yeah. tasked, that's their job, and kind of help process that through. And, you know, also think about, yeah, if I do this station... And it requires climbing a ladder, you know. Uh, who's not going to be able to do that? Let, let's rethink that, you know, that kind of thing. Which, which leads me to mistakes we've made in prayer stages. We might get to in just a second. Yeah. Um, I had a student several years ago. We did an intergenerational one. There was a an older lady who uh, is wheelchair bound, and I had a student who came to me and said, "Can I, can I push her through the stations?" Which I thought was really cool. Um, and so they went through the stations together. This. 70, 76, 77 year old woman who can't walk and a 16 year old high school student and they walked through the stations and prayed together and talked together and it evolved into this really cool relationship that they carried on after that prayer station where she would drive over to the woman's house after school and spend time talking and um, stuff like that and it was the relational aspect of it that's, yeah. the body of Christ that's really cool yeah. that's where it's supposed to be yeah and, and for me, I mean, I, I want to bang the intergenerational drum as much as possible. We, we desperately need our generations to hang out together. So prayer stations allow us to do that in some really powerful ways. It's almost time to wrap up. Yeah, Brendan. Just a question again about what you just said. Uh, you don't participate in the prayer stations when everybody's going through them, especially for a church that it's new for. Uh-huh. Is I don't think you don't always not participate. Right. Right. There, there's right. an element of modeling. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess like just speak to when do you not participate and when do you participate to model? Right. Like, yeah. No, if the, when we first did these, I absolutely, I did them all right. and I'd walk through them. Now that we're really familiar with them and, and really this might sound a little, I don't know, too pious or whatever, but but I've, I spend time praying about this beforehand, and I try to kind of read the room, so to speak. And I'm, I'm thinking and praying and saying, Lord, you know, bring these people where they need to be. Help me be where I need to be. And there have been times when I've looked around and, wow, everyone's engaged. I need to do a station. And I went and did the stations. Then there were times that I just felt like I need to be praying for this person and whatever they're going through. And I stood back and, you know, felt like I was doing a sniper prayer across the room for you. you know? um, and so I, I, I kind of... I feel like God will guide me in that in those times. And so I don't come in with any blanket. This is what I always do. Mm-hmm. Every time is, 
is different for me. And I think that's part of the power of these, that God is in process. And uh, it's, it's different than when you preach. I mean, when you preach, I try to get up and, and I prepared like crazy. There's no way I can say what 300 people need to hear. And I know God's in that process, helping them hear some of this. Um, but it's just me working off my notes. When I come to prayer station, it's like, God, I'm ready to move and do what I need to do. So at times I feel like I need to dive into this station and do it. Or, or if someone is, if we've done a clay station with a bunch of adults and no one's doing it, I'll go over and do a clay, the clay first, you know, and, and, and so there's something on the table when the next person comes up, you know, you kind of have to watch and read the room and, and react to that. That's, that's one of the things I love about it. It's this live thing. It's never, you know, just static. Okay. Well, it is time to wrap up. I don't want to keep you later. It's by that clock, it's 1045. So thank you so much. I hope this is helpful. And, um, you know, I'm glad to talk about mistakes we made in stations or other things later on if you want to know any of that stuff. Um, so thanks for being here.